We declare that the summit is on mission to ensure that every man, woman, and child have repeated opportunities to hear, see, and experience the gospel of the kingdom. That's our mission. That's our vision. That's what we are here to do on the planet. And the good thing is, it doesn't matter if it's snowing outside. It doesn't matter if it's 80 degrees and sunny, which I really miss right now. It doesn't matter if it's cloudy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the whole world is pitted against you. It doesn't change what we're called to do and designed to do on this planet. The world would try to get you to forget this. The world would try to get you to forget the gospel of the kingdom because the world doesn't want the kingdom of God to exert its authority upon the planet. And that's what we're called to do. As I was reading this week, uh, had a little bit of time off in Florida, had uh, my daughter Caitlin with me and my nephew Austin, and we went down to Florida and met some people. Uh, by the way, Matt and Trish, the Holmans, Skyler, uh, they all say hi. We got to stay, stay with them and spend some time with them. And then we got to go up to another part of Florida and just do some exploring, and that's, that's fun. But as I was reading more about, and, and I don't really ever want to summit Mount Everest. That's not like in my in my desire thing. But as I was reading more and more about the summit of Mount Everest, I, I realized that people spend years and years and years preparing for a 50 to 60 day trek up a mountain. The final summit takes six days in and of itself to get to the very top. And many people have passed away and many people have died. But there was one thing as I was reading about this journey to the summit uh, of Mount Everest. It says that you need four to five liters of water every day at altitude to even survive. You need four to five liters of water. Now, you can't carry all that, so you get water purification systems, and they, they purify the water, and they drink the water, but if you don't have that water, you can't make it to the next level. If you don't have that water, you can only carry so much on that first leg, and then you've got to go into some other functionality of generating water. And I was reading that and, and reading stories about people that have gone and, and the challenges that they faced. And I, I, don't, I don't take it lightly that, that that's been a passion of my heart to read all that, even though I don't want to do it, because I believe it has significance to our journey to the summit of knowing God. And that is that, that as we go to the summit of knowing God, which you can throw that graphic on the screen, there it is. As, as we go to the summit of knowing who God is, we encounter a lot of different things, a lot of different challenges, and you can't take everything you need with you all the time. You have to have access to the Holy Spirit. You don't have it all with you, packed on your back. You have it in you, and then you have the gifts that God has given you to provide for everything you need during every step of the journey. So four to five liters a day just to survive. Now, I know that many of you diet and many of you are doing the healthy thing, and that's awesome. We've all done it before, and one of the things that they say is that you need a lot of water. And I am telling you that in your spiritual life this morning, you need more of the Holy Spirit than you have today. And you need more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit than you have today to make you healthy spiritually, to make you be able to function at altitude in what God is calling. So my challenge for you as we highlight this mission, this journey up to the summit of knowing God. Last week, Pastor Phyllis did an amazing job of, of taking you into the scriptures and learning what it means to have a life in the scriptures and telling you stories about all that. It was, it was great to hear uh, her tell all that. And, and so that was step number one. If you don't have that down, you need to work on it. You need to have a life in the scriptures because it is the constitution for your life. Now, there may be people in the world today that don't, and in our country today that don't believe that the constitution is the foundation of our country, but it, but it is. 
And this word is the foundation for your life. And that's why it's the first step on this trek to knowing God. And she did an amazing job of doing that and showing us that. And the week before, we talked about how you can't traverse this journey alone. We've got to have other people around us. And so as we go through this over the next few weeks, we lay out the vision of the summit. Every year we're going to lay out the vision of the summit because, you know what, if we don't lay it out, then people will start to forget. And we live it every day, and not everybody does. And so we're going to continue to put it out there, and we're going to continue to challenge you. Now, two weeks ago, I talked about you needing to have someone ahead of you and you needing to have two people behind you. How many of you, don't show your hands, but how many of you have gone through the process of asking the Lord who those people are? If you haven't, we're getting to the end of the year, and I'm telling you ahead of time, I'm trying to give you the, the, the leader here, that you're going to be challenged in 2021 to do this. You're going to be challenged to listen to the Holy Spirit and be a discipler and to be discipled. And that's how we're going to grow. That's how we're going to grow spiritually in depth. That's how we're going to grow numerically because we're going to love on other people and they're going to see the love of Christ come through us. But I'm challenging you, don't wait till January 1st to figure this out. If you start your diet on January 1st and you haven't prepared your body for the 30 days prior to that, you're probably going to start off a little sluggish. And about the third or fourth day or the 10th day, you're probably going to wish you had started a little earlier, taking some steps to prepare you into that journey. So what we're doing now at the end of 2020 in this crazy year of circumstances is trying to help you prepare yourself for what's coming in 2021. Now there's lots of discrepancies in the world. I'm not going to focus on those this morning, although I would love to. <laughs> but what I want to focus on today is your journey as you go into 2021. Because I believe that 2020 has been the best for us, and it's been the worst for us. It's been one of those years. I, I don't wish that we didn't have COVID because I know that it's, it's challenged a lot of people. And at the beginning of 2020, there was this word that came out from a lot of the prophets that said 2020 would reveal a lot of things. COVID has revealed a lot of things. And I'm glad that we've gone through it. And I'm sorry for those who have lost their lives and those who've been sick and those who have been quarantined and all the stress of all of it. I'm sorry for all that, but I'm not sorry that we've gone through this because it is revealed to every person where they are in their walk with the Lord. It is revealed every person where they are in their walk with fear. It is revealed to every church where they are in influencing their community and where their values are and what they, what they think and what they believe. And so this journey, I believe, as I've been reading, that we should focus on this summit journey to knowing God as a 60-day cycle. Just as it is 60 days to get to the summit of Mount Everest, we're gonna I'm going to challenge you that each time that we engage in this cycle of going to the summit, that we're going to designate 60 days. Now, when you go on, on the trek to Mount Everest, people practice, people work for a year. They lift weights. They, they practice how they're going to tie ropes. They, they eat right. They drink right. They get their body prepared for where they're going to go. And now is the time that we prepare for what's coming in 2021. And in the kingdom of God, I believe the 60-day journey will start on January 1st. That may mean that you have to fast. That may mean that you have to take time to just pray and ask the Lord what he wants you to do. That may mean that you have to find people that you don't even like that the Lord is showing you have a word for you and go ask and go listen. It may mean that when you walk through the grocery store, you don't just go in to get what you need and leave as fast as possible so you don't pick up a germ. Maybe it's that you go into the grocery store and you listen for a word. And as you share the word with that person, it unlocks their heart to the moving of the Holy Spirit. That is what we might have to do in 2021. So I'm super excited about that. Now, for those of you who are watching online, 
We believe that the Lord sets you in a family. In Psalm 68, 6, it says, God sets the solitary in families. So maybe you're watching, you've never been able to be with us physically, but we welcome you to be a part of our family at the summit. But we challenge you, as I challenge everyone in the room and those who couldn't be here today, I challenge you to begin to focus on 2021. We don't leave 2020 with a few days dangling there that we don't do anything. No, we're preparing our hearts for what God wants to do, even in the rest of this year and the beginning of next year. Now, Pastor Phyllis laid out our beliefs about life in the scripture, that it's essential for our growth and development as Christians is an understanding of God and his word. The only way that I get to know all these people that I get to meet is to spend time with them. And I get to know their heart, I get to know who they are, what their fears are, what their anxieties are, what they get joy of doing, all those things. That's the only way that we get to do it. The only way that you get to know and experience God in a tangible way is to spend time in his word. God desires that we know him, and he has provided his word to be the governing and guiding factors of our lives. We believe that God's word is a revelation of Jesus Christ to man. We believe that reading the word of God will do the following for us. I love that she pointed these out to you last week. It will cleanse our ways. It will produce faith. It will begin a process of change. It will bring peace. And it will discover the many, many facets of the power of Christ. That's what we're called to do at base camp. At the very bottom of this mountain trek, we've got to get this one right. And I, I'm thankful that Pastor Phyllis was able to do that. So if you didn't get to hear that or experience her uh, teaching last week, please go online and watch that. So today, I want to continue with the second stage, which is Holy Spirit Encounters. This time of Holy Spirit Encounters, you, you have an instant thought whenever I say Holy Spirit Encounters. Some of you think about someone who is slain in the spirit, laying on the floor. Some of you think about walking and getting a word for somebody. Some of you may think about hearing the Lord in your quiet time and the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Some of you may think about all these different things, and you're all right. Because a life with the Holy Spirit and encountering the Holy Spirit looks a whole lot different every single day. And I'm so glad because what a boring life it would be if the only thing you got was the one thing that you experienced the first time you found the Holy Spirit first time he found you, uh, the first time that you had that encounter, if that was all that you had the rest of your life, oh, how boring life would be. But every day, the word tells us that his mercies are new every day, but I also believe that his gifts and the empowerment to release his gifts are new every day, and that we can't wear them out. We just have to be open to allow them to flow through us. So I want to tell you this quick story. She's going to throw a picture up. You've probably never seen this picture of this water before. But it's very significant to your life, even though you don't know what this water really is. You see, in the wilderness of Minnesota, there is a spring of water coming out of the ground. This spring of water is pure cold water. I know that you've got your water bottle, Terrence, but uh, you know I, I would trade it in for some water from this spring because it's pure and it's cold. When you drink it, I'm sure it might even hurt your throat because it's so cold as it comes out of the ground and it just bubbles forth all the time. It keeps bubbling forth and bubbling forth and bubbling forth and it has been doing it for ages. It is the spring of one of the greatest rivers in North America. You're looking at a picture of the mighty Mississippi River at its beginning. This little spring goes 2,340 miles south to the Gulf of Mexico. This spring bubbles up every single day 
and goes all the way through and splits our country into two, two pieces and is just a little spring. Even at some points of this spring, you can just take a step over the water. And then if any of you have gone to the Gulf in Louisiana, you know you can't just step over the mighty Mississippi. But where it starts, you can. You can actually step over where that bubbling happens. You can step over the beginning of the mightiest river in our country. Now you say, why are you showing us a picture of this? You see, because in the very beginning, it's so narrow and so potent and so clean that you can step over it and you can drink from it and it wouldn't hurt you. Now, how many of you have been to Louisiana? How many of you have seen the Gulf of Mexico? I don't know, Terrence, that you would dip your cup in and take a drink. No, I wouldn't either. Why? What is that? What does that mean? What does that mean to you today? You see, the Holy Spirit is pure. And it's so strong and it's powerful. And yet it comes to us in a gentle form. And then as we engage with the Holy Spirit, there's one challenge that we miss that we, we are always facing, that oftentimes we miss, and that is as the Mississippi River leaves that great little spot and goes down, as it becomes wider, it becomes shallower. As it becomes wider, it becomes muddier. As it becomes wider, it becomes more contaminated. And my challenge this morning to you is, as we think about the Holy Spirit, I want you to go back. Don't look at all the things that have been muddied in your life. Don't look at all the things where the Holy Spirit has, has the enemies tried to distract you from the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe you've experienced some things that made you think, wow, this is all whacked out. I don't understand it. It's all, it's all just weird. I don't want to deal with that. Maybe you've had amazing encounters with the Holy Spirit your whole life. Maybe there, were, there hasn't been somebody that's injured you with the Holy Spirit. But what I do want to say is as the river gets wider, it often picks up things that aren't of the Lord. And I want to take you back in your mind to Acts 2 when, when Jesus tells them, go to Jerusalem and wait because you're going to receive power from on high. That's the bubbling of the spring of the Holy Spirit. And if you really look through Scripture, as you go three generations, as you go three levels down, after that one encounter where the Holy Spirit was so pure and so powerful, there were people on the third level that were bigger sinners than people that never knew God. Why? Because they allowed the focus of the, the Holy Spirit in their life to get muddied and widened and shallow. And I believe that we're in a time in our nation, we're in a time in our lives where the Holy Spirit, if we're not careful, will begin to get more shallow, more, more on the side, more, uh, I don't know. I don't know about all this stuff. I don't, I don't know if, if what's been prophesied through the Holy Spirit is really going to happen. I'm doubting it. Yeah, your water's getting muddy. And he's not asking us to worry about all the things that, that are out there. He's saying, I want you to focus on the wellspring of life in you, the Holy Spirit. Now, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Jesus and how he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. The interesting thing is if I came up to you and breathed on you and said receive the Holy Spirit, it would take some faith to believe that. When he breathed on them, it took their faith to believe that. And then he said, now, now that you've got that, now go to Jerusalem and wait because there's a spring that's going to bubble up. It's going to baptize you. It's going to give you all the power that you need. 
It may not look like what you think it will look like. You wouldn't look at that picture and think that one of the strongest, mightiest rivers in our country comes from that little spring. But as we encounter the Holy Spirit, as we live with the Holy Spirit and the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we find that sometimes, just like everything else in life, it can get shallower, it can get muddier, it can even be passed by. So this next segment of our journey to the summit is Holy Spirit Encounters. So everything that you're thinking about the Holy Spirit, all the things that you've experienced yourself, I say, yes, we, we value those. But what I want you to think about this morning is that there are a lot of things that you haven't experienced about the Holy Spirit that are probably pretty good. And I believe that the Lord gives us the ability to encounter His presence every single day and encounter His Holy Spirit. Now, we can encounter it through water baptism. We can encounter the Holy Spirit through water baptism, just as Jesus did. He was, he was put under by John, brought forth. The Spirit came upon Him, right? The Spirit came upon Him. He starts His ministry. He starts His work. At water baptism, there's a definite inward work as the outward work takes place. And we've talked about that as we've done baptisms here at the summit. It is within the heart of the believer that this transformation takes place. The Holy Spirit performs a spiritual operation known as a circumcision of the heart or a covenant with you through water baptism. And very shortly, these waters are going to be moving and troubled as you see people go through them in baptism. And that's what's really happening there. We don't take water baptism lightly, but it is a way that we encounter the Holy Spirit in things that we do in the church. The next one we talked about was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you shall receive power. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the complete immersion of the believer in the Holy Spirit. The baptism grants us entrance into the realm of spiritual power and doomment from, from God. This immersion results in a prayer language, tongues, that we've not learned. It's not something that we go try to take babble on our phone and learn how to speak that language. And, you know, it, it leads you, I don't know if you, any of you have had that app before, but uh, as I was going to Bolivia, I wanted to brush up on my Spanish. <laughs> it didn't work so well. But, uh, but you just pray in the Spirit and they get it. But, um, but you, you know, Babel will give you five words to say and then you repeat it back and then it repeats back that you messed up and then you repeat it back and then it repeats back until you get it. That's not about the, it's not about the, the prayer language that we have the prayer language that we have says that the holy spirit will help us speak things that we don't know and man the power comes through that so we believe that there are many encounters with the holy spirit the gifts of the holy spirit which we're going to talk about in a minute being slain in the spirit overcome by the holy spirit and deliverance from evil spirits deliverance from attachments and strongholds of your life that release the kingdom into your life and fill you with everything that he has for you. So many people get caught up in performance of Christianity. We've talked about that a lot, and I think that the reason that the Lord has laid that so much on our leadership is that we've all been involved in it in one way or another, that there's this performance atmosphere that the church has made to be known so that they can give you what they want to give you instead of you experiencing what God wants to give you. And it's prevalent all across the body of Christ. 
But what I'm speaking to you today is your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He resides in you. And as he resides in you, he transforms who you are if you'll let him. So I want to cover a few things this morning as we journey through these Holy Spirit encounters because I believe that we often miss the power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit because we don't actually know what to look for and how to experience it. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12, 1. You've read this before. You've experienced it before. You've probably been taught this before. And if you haven't, that's totally awesome. Now's the first time. It's good stuff. As you turn there, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. It's interesting that that word is there. It means unaware. Um, and do not, so in other words, this is what this verse is saying. Don't be unaware of these gifts and how you are to function in them or where they're coming from. Don't be ignorant of all that. Don't be unaware that this stuff even exists. Don't be unaware that this stuff is the power to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. It doesn't come from you personally. It doesn't come from, from the great way that you can sing. No, it comes from the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting in your life. And don't negate this. Don't forget this. Don't let this get muddied out. Don't let this get shallow in your life. Because as you let this get shallow in your life, the power will dissipate. When the flow of that water is 20 feet deep and moving at a fast pace, you're not going to stay in one spot. But if you can stand in ankle-deep water because it's so wide, you won't be moved. And I believe that we've all gotten to a point in our lives where we're Pentecostals and we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. That we don't function and we don't continue to grow at the pace in which we grew when we first started encountering the Lord because... We don't know exactly where he wants to go next. And you see, the reason why religion is so empowered in the church is because it's something that can be contained. If we can make it about rules and, and things that you need to do, then we can contain what the Lord will do. And I'm ready for a church that's willing to stand up and say, this is what the Lord is saying in this hour. And it doesn't mean me, that means everybody here. This is what the Lord wants to do in this hour, and we agree and we pray over it. You see, at one point in my life, I was ignorant to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I was ignorant to what the Holy Spirit wanted to do, and ignorance is ignorance. People probably look down on me, which probably isn't that good. So if somebody you know is ignorant to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, then just let them be ignorant to the ministry of the Holy Spirit until they're ready to hear it, because it says that the Holy Spirit will draw men unto himself. It's not our job to convince them that the Holy Spirit is real, although if they experience it, they ain't ever going back. I can guarantee you that. I can't go back once I've experienced it, right? And so, so this is what we're saying, that there are people that, are, that can be ignorant. The scripture tells us if it says don't be ignorant, that means that some people are ignorant. So don't be ignorant to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Don't be ignorant to what we're about to read, because if you are, you're going to miss the power to complete your destiny upon the earth, that every person would know the gospel of the kingdom of God. So we don't argue with people that don't know. They just don't know. And if you spent time talking down or arguing about people that don't know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you just wasted time because the Lord's going to draw them 
and maybe he'll use you to speak a word to them. And as, as my transformation happens, somebody who reads your mail and says everything about you from a platform, and there's only one person in the room that it could be. When you experience that, it definitely changes who you are. Now, those who are ignorant, I want to talk about this for a second. Those who are ignorant, they just don't know. That's just what it is. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. There's an interesting thing that happened. We were traveling, and, uh, and normally there's, I think, one drawback in our family, and that is when we're on the road, we're on the phone because there's so much stuff going on. So we're on the phone all the time. So we left Buffalo, and uh, I was driving the turnpike back from Buffalo, and I was still in New York. And, uh, and I was talking, I don't know who I was talking to, but I was talking to, actually, I do know who I was talking to, another pastor. And we were talking about what just happened in Buffalo and the amazing movement of the Holy Spirit and what had happened in the ministry that we were doing up there. And uh, I was on the phone, and this lady drove by me and looked at me really weird. And she looked at me really weird, and, and the next thing I know, about 10 miles later, this, these lights came on behind me. And I pulled over, and I, and I was like, yes, sir, I wasn't speeding. No, you weren't speeding, but you're on the phone. And this lady reported you that you were talking on your phone, and this is a hands-free state, and you got to just put it on the stereo. And I was like, yeah, well, okay, I admit I was wrong. But here's the thing. My ignorance to the law of the state of New York didn't mean that the law didn't exist. My ignorance to the law of New York didn't mean that I had a penalty because I missed what the real thing was. There are things happening in the world today that people are ignorant of, but it doesn't mean that they're not missing out on the best that God has for them. It's not our job to force it on them, but they will experience consequences because they didn't know that it was happening. I know that there were times in my life whenever I wasn't functioning in the understanding of the Holy Spirit, and I was missing out on the best that God had for me. And I want to see a church, I want to see a church that is so dedicated that we are discipling people into the gifts of the Holy Spirit that they aren't ignorant to those gifts anymore and that they're functioning in them every single day because there's consequences when we don't function that way. So we must understand, in that case, I needed to understand the law, which I didn't, so that I could fit in and do what needed to be done so that I could have the benefit of that law, right? And I paid the fine and it's all good. But the problem is that we don't understand the gifts enough to appreciate them. We don't understand the law enough to appreciate it. Because maybe you just didn't know. So let's go back into reading. Verse 1 again. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say to that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts. Now that word is charisma, the abilities of God. There are differing abilities of God, okay? Differing abilities of God, but the same Spirit. Now I, I want to give you a picture. Right now, we are connected to Dover Electric Power, whatever they call it, Dover Utilities, right now. And in this minute, our furnace is running, our lights are on, and things are happening here, and we're taking the stuff that's produced in that plant, and we're saying that we want to take that power, and we want to use it in this way. Now, there are other people that are doing way other things with that power, the same power. They're doing other things with it. 
And so when we read this scripture, I want you to understand that there are gifts, there's abilities of God. We're tapped into this system that is the Holy Spirit. Now, it can look a lot of different things. Ours is being used for electric and cameras and all that stuff. That's great. But there are other people that are using it in the hospital this morning. And there's other people using it for many other things this morning, but it's the same electricity generated in the same plant. So the electricity is manifesting itself in many different ways this morning, yet it's the same power. There are differences of ministries, verse 5, but the same Lord. You've been called to a ministry this morning that needs the power that comes from the Spirit and the gifts that come from the Spirit to accomplish the ministry that you've been given in this hour. You can try to go do the ministry that you've been called to do without the power that comes from the Holy Spirit, and you will fail. Because the, the God-given destiny that you have, the ministry that you've been called to, can only be accomplished with the power of the Holy Spirit. I love it that when he breathed on them, he said to them, and I, I know it's not recorded in Scripture, but we see it by their actions, and they did what he said. So he said, go to Jerusalem. But in essence, what he was saying was, don't go into ministry yet because you haven't received the power. Don't go into ministry yet because you haven't received the equipping of the Holy Spirit to go do the destiny that I've called you to do. And yet we've got lots of people running around trying to do ministry out of their own self and getting beat down every single day because they're missing the power. They're missing the power of these gifts. Verse 7. Sorry, let's go back to verse 6. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The thing that you've been given, the ministry that you've been given, and the equipping of the Holy Spirit that has come upon you when you engage in it is for the benefit of the whole body. So if you're not functioning in the ministry that God's given you, the body is deficient. We know that if your body doesn't have water at the top of Mount Everest, and you're not drinking those liters of water every single day, you will die. I was listening to uh, a station whenever we were down in Florida, and I was just listening to what they were talking about a little bit. And they were talking about how the church has just, some churches have just fallen apart through COVID. Some, some have just fallen apart, and, and I'm sad for that, truly, and for the pastors and for the people and for the work of the Lord. But it's by the same Spirit that we have the power. It's not a different Holy Spirit. It's just that we're not allowing it to come into us and give us the power we need to accomplish what He's called us to do. And by them not being able to function and go forward, the body is missing out. We're called to move in the ministry that he's called us to with the abilities and gifts that he's called us to manifest. Verse 8, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another differing kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these, distributing to each one individually as he wills. As he wills, he'll distribute to you what you need for your hour. 
This day you might need prophecy standing in Bueller's. The next day you might need discerning of spirits when you go into work. But he gives us exactly what we need when we need it if we're open to it. Now there's been many times that I know I've missed the prophecy that he wanted to give me because I was too busy doing life with my own agenda instead of focusing on his agenda. And I was trying to ask the Lord, how do I explain what I'm trying to communicate in this, in this minute? Have you ever taken a magnifying glass when you were a kid and ran with it? I did. I ran. We played all around the backyard. But the most fun came whenever I sat down and we tried to burn stuff. <laughs> the potency of the sun when focused through a lens will create a fire. The potency of the Holy Spirit, when you're focused on allowing Him to use you, will create movement in the kingdom of God. We have a church that's so busy going around doing all the stuff that we're not holding the magnifying glass to allow the Spirit to use our body to filter and get down to the ground the potency that He wants to actually change the atmosphere. The activities that we do may be good, but make sure that we're focused on using the gifts in the ministry that he's called us to get into alignment and we see a laser beam. They're now saying that they have a military laser that can shoot a satellite out of the air from a truck. A mobile laser that can shoot a satellite way up there orbiting the earth and distract it and do whatever to it. Why? Because there's multiple lenses that are compounding the impact of what the light, original light source is to focus it to a point of potency that can actually go that far and do something. What God wants to do in this hour with these Holy Spirit encounters that you get to have is he wants you to line those things up so that there's a focus that is potent so that the people of this world, the people who are ignorant to what God is doing in this hour, would see a focused light of his kingdom. Whatever you were born to do, maybe you need help with that. We're here to help you figure out what you were born to do. He wrote it in a book long before the foundation of the world. We're willing to help you. But whatever you were born to do, he enables you to do it. He gives you these gifts if you tap into them to be able to accomplish exactly what he's called you to do. Whatever you were called to do, he equips you to do if you're willing to receive it. If he's called me to go to the top of Mount Everest, I must be willing to go through the stuff that will mature me to get to the ability to go there. The things that he's called you to do, he will equip you to do, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to be some work. You see, our society is so into, I'll just get another check that'll get me through. I focus so much on my job that I get another check that'll get me to next Friday. He wants us to be so focused on Him as our source and not our job. He wants us to be so focused on Him as our source and not our family and our friends. He wants us to be, he wants, we, he wants us to focus on Him as the source of all that we need. And the problem is, is that we, as the body of believers, have gotten sucked into the American mindset that all this other stuff is our provision when He is our source. And when we align the gifts of the Holy Spirit up with the source, we become potent to the enemy.
But when we try to do it on our own, we're a clanging cymbal. Whatever you are called for, he provides for. Whatever God demands from you, he supplies. Isn't that great? He's not asking you for something that he hasn't already given you. The problem is we don't access what he's given us, process that that's actually the gift that we have, the ministry that we have, and the passion that we have. And so we don't access it. Because we have to know what the gifts are before we can move forward. He never expects from you something that he hasn't already provided for you. Let's just pause on that for a second. He never expects anything from you that he hasn't already provided to you. Do you know what's in your account? I'm not talking about your checking account. I'm talking about your Holy Spirit account. Do you know what's in there? Do you know how to use it? There are many people that don't know how to use the money in their account to create wealth. There's many Christians who don't know how to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are already paid for in our account that he gave us so that we could attain what he wants us to do. They're in our account. We need to know how to use them. We've read some of them. Whatever God asks you to do, when he asks you to do something, it's an indication that you can. When he asks you to go to the hospital or go there, do this or whatever, it's an indication that he's already equipped you to be able to go and do that thing. So when you doubt, it's definitely not him. It's not him questioning whether you can do that thing or not. If he called you to do it, he's given you everything you need to do it, so go do it. Because he never calls us to something that he hasn't already provided for. Now the interesting thing is is that the Holy Spirit will decide what you get and when you get it. That's horrible for a religious mind. It's horrible for for a religious person to think that I'm not in control of what the Lord's going to give me. But there's freedom in understanding that if we just allow the Holy Spirit to open up the gifts to us and we say, Lord, whatever you're giving me access to do today, I'm going to use it for your glory. It gives us so much peace. He doesn't allow anyone to monopolize a gift. I love that about it. You don't have one word of prophecy and for the rest of your life you just, you had one word and you go out and you start a ministry because you're the new prophet in town and you just go do it for the rest of your life. No, what will happen is if you bank on that, then you're going to have to start creating some prophecies to make your ministry go. What we need to be is wholly surrendered to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to say, oh, today I've got a word of prophecy. Tomorrow we've got discerning of spirits. The next one you've got a tongue for something. You can interpret that tongue that was spoken in church. You can do all this stuff because you're open to what he wants to give you in that moment. What he wills, it says. We must be careful not to look at this list. There's, there's this list of scriptures Here, let me just go and I'm going to read you some notes that I have in my Bible here for a second. Verse 4, there are diversities or difference of gifts. Those gifts are manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, but of the same Spirit. We know that that's the Godhead. Therefore, the differences of the ministries, those ministry gifts, are in Ephesians 4, but the same Lord, again the Godhead. And there are diversities of activities, those are motivational gifts that come in Romans 12, but the same God. We see the Godhead, the Spirit, Lord God. God, who works all in all. 
Then, as you read verses 7 through 11, those are the manifestation gifts that are spoken about in verse 4. So there's three places that we find the gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, the manifestation gifts. In Ephesians 4, the ministry gifts. And in Romans 12, the motivational gifts. Here's the thing. You cannot so focus on the gift that you forget to worship the giver of the gift. So we, so one of the things I wanted to highlight this morning as I was reading and studying is that we can focus on those things in those verses. But if I elevate that above the giver of those things, then I've missed the whole point. And oftentimes we seek the gift. We seek the gift. I want to go, I want to go just show God's glory by doing a prophetic thing and doing this and doing that. And we're not worshiping the one who gave it. And so we come up dry. The power is turned off. There's a disconnect. And the disconnect is often our pride. Our minds can be so messed up that it takes a supernatural occurrence to get us to focus on godly things. If you think about it, it's a human thing because everyone is looking for a supernatural occurrence these days. If you look at the world, they go and they find witchcraft and Ouija boards and all that stuff, right? They're searching for a supernatural occurrence that will give them some significance in their life so that they can actually feel accomplished, so they can feel secure. But it's not much different in the church sometimes. That people go so searching after the gifts, searching after the gifts, searching after the gifts to feel fulfilled that they completely miss the giver of the gifts. And one thing I know is when you see somebody's face, Brett, if I come and I look at you in the face, I'm very close to your hands. And oftentimes, people that are searching for the gifts are just looking for the hands of Christ. But if we seek his face, we'll get his hands. Now, I know that there are people that seek the gifts out. Now, if you've gone to a, a crusade, I've gone to crusades. I love, I mean, I wasn't seeking the first time I found it. Believe me, I was just there and it hit me. But there are people that go and seek that stuff and I'm not downing that. So I want you to hear my heart. It's good to go see the gifts. But if it's not activating something in you and you're just going to seek the gift of another minister, then you're missing out on God again. Because you're supposed to go and get equipped. It says that the ministries, Matthew 16 says that the ministries, these things, these signs, these ministries, these gifts will follow those who believe. Not we will find them when we seek them in another. No, they will follow us. It's not ahead of us, it's in us. And so we see a whole group of people that travel the world to go get the next prophetic word when I, I know that the Lord is just grieving inside you have access to it yourself go and get encouraged go and get built up go and see some wheelchairs but i want you to go home and do it i want you to be empowered every person in the sound of my voice is empowered to go do that to speak that word Jesus made it clear exactly why we need the gifts when he breathed and he said, wait. He breathed and they received the Holy Spirit and they said, wait on the power of the Holy Spirit. 
He made it clear why we need the gifts because the ministry that they were called to go do, if you just go finish reading the book of Acts, our, our map of how the church should function, if you just go read the rest of the book of Acts, you will see that without the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they would not have accomplished what they needed to accomplish. And I'm here to challenge you today to say, in the same way, you can be shallow and muddy, or you can be potent in the Spirit. We're supposed to manifest Christ by using the gifts of the Spirit. This isn't to go out and build a name for yourself. That may come because you're efficient at doing it, but you're not, your focus can't be to go out and do this so that I get recognition. The whole point of utilizing these gifts to accomplish your ministry is so that Jesus is elevated. The reason why we pray in tongues is so that he is glorified. Not so that we get a name for ourselves. There are people that sell prophecies for $20. That's not what this was about. It's to manifest Christ, who he is, how he functions. It's not to just manifest to the Christ who was. It's to manifest to the Christ who is right now. He's alive. And by us functioning in these gifts and by praying in the Spirit and allowing the Spirit to use us and accessing these gifts of the Holy Spirit, we are proving that He's alive right now. Right now. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is to show evidence of this. So when we desire the gifts... We're desiring the gift to accomplish the ministry that he's given us so that we can bring glory to Jesus and the Father, so that we can bring glory to the Godhead, and so that we can accomplish that which he's called us to accomplish and bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's what they're for. So we can go in and we can dig into these, and we're not going to do that this morning, but what I want you to understand is that if your motivation for this is to glorify God, then you're going in the right direction. So I want to read you another scripture. Jeremiah 2.13. We know that in the book of Acts that these you go three generations from the apostles and, and things have fallen apart already. We know that in, in our lives it's, it's hard to stay connected sometimes with all the noise around us to this life source that is the Holy Spirit. Every single day, every single day, every single day. So what happened? As the church separated from that moment of the encounter with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, the church became, became contaminated. Contaminated with man's beliefs. Contaminated with all the nonsense of the world came in. They were limited. They were controlled by what? Religious-minded men. So what has to happen? Maybe you're here today, maybe you're, you're listening to what I'm saying, and you're saying, I need to tap into that source that I've never, I've, I've only been plugged in with an extension cord. I need to get one of those 50 amp RV cords that plugs right in. I need to draw more juice from the Holy Spirit. I need to function more in what he was doing. I want to share with you in Jeremiah 2.13, the pattern is not new with what happened. 2.13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that could hold no water. The scripture talks about two evils of the people in Jeremiah's day. 
God's people had gotten away from their source. Number two, they had created cisterns instead of the source. Many times we rely on our experiences in the Holy Spirit instead of going back to the source, the Holy Spirit, and saying, I'm ready for something new and fresh today. A cistern was something that was man-made. I don't have a picture of it, but you can picture it in your, in your mind. It was man-made. It was different. So if you think about the stream that is the Mississippi River, that spring that flows forth, a cistern would only hold a little bit of that. And religious-minded people build cisterns so that they can contain what has already happened instead of allowing the Lord to flow through them to experience what He wants to do in the future. So this man-made, limited, contained, controlled, convenient thing of a cistern, it says it was broken. It means that once they put the water in it, it flowed out of it because it wasn't even created correctly. You see, we often create cisterns in our lives so that we can contain the good in our lives that God has done. But oftentimes when we create those things to preserve the good because we don't want to go back to the source, it becomes a leaky pot. And the things that we wanted to contain don't even stay around because we're not connected to the source anymore. We prefer cisterns because it's easier to have an experience that we can control or contain than to have to go back continually to the source. I'm believing for an awakening and a revival that will shake this world. And it doesn't come by cisterns. It doesn't come by man-made, controlled, limited things that we can put in place to actually experience God in the way that we want to experience Him. I, I will tell you, every day before we get in here on Sunday, every day throughout the week, we are asking the Lord to show us what He wants to do. Show, Holy Spirit, show us what you want to do on Sunday. We come in here and pray. We lay hands on the chairs. We do all that. And oftentimes, we could get into the trap of actually picturing something that He really doesn't want to do. Because it's something that he did last week. Or it's something that he did last year. He wants us to be so connected to his spirit and his presence that he can do anything in this place. But we're limited by our religious minds to think that he can only do what he's done before. So we have to guard our heart. Revival is what we're seeking. Hopefully you are. Individual revival. I want to get personally revived to a place that I've never been before. Where I'm dry, I want to be wet again. Where I'm slow, I want to be fast again. Where, where I'm contaminated, I want to be purified. But see, it's not a formula that comes together because we've done these eight things correctly. Now revival will come to the summit. Or revival will come to you when you do these 17 things correctly. Now we're back in the Old Testament. Now we're back under the law. And now we're not going to see the fulfillment of what He has for us because it's not about the things that we our formula that we have put out there that we think the revival is going to come from because that's what has come every other time. No, because what has come every other time, if we go back to that, it becomes a cistern and not the source. Revival comes to you because you need it. Revival comes to you because you're hungry for the source. Revival comes to you because God knows that you are desperate, you're crying out for Him, and that, that He wants to provide for you exactly what you need. 
So we have all these formulas of how revival happened back with Wesley and all these people. That's great, and history is awesome. But if we build what he wants to do at the summit in Dover off of that, we're going to miss the source. We're going to miss the pouring out of his spirit that he wants to do. Everyone in this room has access to all those gifts and all those scriptures every single day. And when he says, hey, you're on, I want to use you in this way. The problem is if we're looking at a cistern and not the source, we're going to miss the call. And so for the church to be active in the way that he wants you to be activated, it is only through Holy Spirit encounters. It is only through a surrendered heart that is purified by his love that allows you to see the world as he sees the world. That's what we're going for. And so as we go up this this trek to the summit of knowing who God is, we have to have our roots and be grounded in Scripture. But we have to understand that these gifts are given to us so that we can actually accomplish the ministry that was set before us. And it doesn't come from our job. It comes from the ministry that he's given us. Maybe that is included in a job. But maybe, just maybe, it's going back to the source. And that is revival. Revival is to turn back, to turn again, to go back to the source. The revival that everyone's praying for, that everyone's looking for, is to get away from the cisterns and go back to the source. That's what he's calling us to do. And so as we trek to the summit, there's times when we're dry, when we don't have our five liters of water that we need to survive. Let's go to the source. Maybe you've been discouraged this week. Maybe you've heard bad reports this week. Maybe you've encountered some things, setbacks this week. We have to go to the source to find exactly what he wants us to find. We have to go to the source. You see, he sends revival when people are hungry for him. A church that is ready for revival is a church that is humbled on its knees, crying out, saying, we need you. If we believe that we've got it figured out, which I know we don't, but if if people believe that they've got it figured out, then revival won't come. He's desperate for us to be in his presence. He's desperate for us to be with him. So we say every week that we declare that we're on mission, that every man, woman, and child would have multiple opportunities to hear, see, and experience the, the gospel of the kingdom. But that only comes when we're connected to the source, when we're taking the energy and the, and the power that comes from the Holy Spirit and allowing those gifts to be used to transform our situation. Are you ready for revival? Are you ready for encountering the Holy Spirit in new ways that you've never encountered Him before? Are you ready to be taken out of your comfort zone and put in a place where you can function in the gifts that God has called you to, in the ministry that He's called you to? That's a heart of revival. So as we continue through this journey up the summit, I am encouraging you to go before the Lord, get before the source, Allow the Holy Spirit to transform who you are. Allow the Holy Spirit to connect you to those people who are in need of your accomplishments already. I love going to meet with pastors that have been way down the road, made a bunch more mistakes than I have, 
so that I can sit and talk with them and learn that I don't need to be doing that because if I do that, I'm probably going to miss the mark. As we sit with the Holy Spirit, he'll say, listen, I've got these gifts for you, but don't ever allow the gift to overtake the giver. We can be so empowered as the church of 2020, 2021, 2030, 2050, whatever those years are, we can be the most empowered body of believers to ever walk the earth because Jesus was limited to time and space. And then he gave up the ghost and the Holy Spirit is now across and he says, greater things will you do than I have done. That doesn't mean that it's going to be greater miracles. It means that there's more of us out there doing it, not limited to one city in one area. He only went to Jerusalem twice. He was limited in time and space, but now we all have the Spirit in us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We can now go do miracles every single day because we're empowered by these gifts. If you're willing to take the mission. If you're willing to take the mission, would you stand today? There is a source that provides everything that you need. There is a source that has every answer to every question that you've been asking. There is a source that has the power to overcome every obstacle that you've ever encountered. And it's in the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wants you to be so connected, so, so engaged with Him. I love, and maybe when you came in, you, you grabbed one of these cards. I want you to take it home. I want you to put it on your fridge. It lays out where we're going. It lays out where we're going. And the foundation of this ministry is these four things. Presence, growth, influence, and passion. We ground ourselves with those four pillars. Presence, growth, influence, passion. Then we begin, we begin to build with life in the scriptures. Holy Spirit encounters. What I would encourage you to do is you take this card with you. Those who are online, you can see it online. Um, what I encourage you to do is to put this on your fridge and to ask yourself and ask the Lord every single day. Where on this journey, where on this vision to know God, where am I lacking? Where do I need more of your Holy Spirit gifts to flow in my life? Maybe it's in a relationship, which we'll get to next week. Maybe it's in not understanding a design for living. Maybe it's in questioning what the Holy Spirit really means and what He's saying. Maybe you're not having any influence in the world. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are like the water that it takes to get to the summit of Everest. Don't allow this walk with the Lord to ever get shallow. Don't ever allow the walk, your walk with the Lord to ever get muddy because He is the source. And at the source, it's always cold and pure and focused. Allow Him to transform you. Father, today, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that, Father, you sent your Son to this earth. 
that we would have life. We thank you, Lord, that in this hour of a lot of noise, that you as the source speak clearly, powerfully. And that as we tap into you, we can trust that you're pure. Father, I ask that with our Summit family, wherever they are around the world, that in this hour as we close out 2020 and we engage with 2021, Lord, that all the negative, all the things that held us back from the ministry that you've called us to, the gifts that you've empowered us to have, that we've missed, Lord, I pray that those would just fall away and that our focus would be on the source. We speak the name of Jesus over every situation, over every person. And we commission angels in this hour to assist those who are sharing the gospel. Help us to know you. Help us to hear you. And help us to tap into you as our source in a new way this coming week. And Father, may the gifts of the Holy Spirit be made manifest in this hour in your people like never before. May we hear testimonies of miracles, repaired relationships, a new desire and passion to know who you are and to read your word, influence in the world. I declare that there will be people that are connected to this house that will run for offices, that will start new businesses, that will see manifested kingdom things happen in their life this year. Holy Spirit, we are so excited that we get to engage with you and that the gifts that you bring are powerful to accomplish the task that you've given us to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. We honor you. We praise you. We give you everything that we are and receive all that you are. This week as we go, May we hear you clearly. May we see you clearly. And may the manifestation of your gifts bring light to a dark world. And as dark as the world may be, may the light that you bring shine through us like a laser to uncover what you want uncovered in this world. We give this to you. May you be honored and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.